0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 7, the third paragraph that begins, It Was Not, and ends to the undertaker or the asylum. And we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers, um, for the 12 steps, Barb W., the 12 traditions, Nancy M., the text, Harlan G., Nancy R., Susan S. H., and our second hour host is Kathy C. The share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, May 31st, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,000 Nine. So that's one nine zero zero nine. And for the ten AM Eastern Time meeting, it's nineteen thousand eleven. So that's one nine zero one one. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members I will now ask Barb W. to please read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, Barb W. from Illinois. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Welcome to June, everyone. Thank you, Barb W.
0: I will now ask Nancy M. to please read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning, this is Nancy M. in Florida, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before
0: personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy M. How our meeting works. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Bill's story on page seven, the third paragraph that begins, but it was not an end to the undertaker or the asylum and we'll be commenting on that one paragraph. And I'll now ask Harlan G to please begin reading.
3: Thank you very much, Lisa, and thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. But it was not, for the frightful day came when I drank once more. The curve of my declining moral and bodily health fell off like a ski jump. After a time, I returned to the hospital. This was the finish, the curtain, it seemed to me. My weary and despairing wife was informed that it would all end with heart failure during delirium tremens, or I would develop a wet brain, perhaps within a year. She would soon have to give me over to the undertaker or the asylum. Um, we are looking at April of 1934. Bill will first go into the hospital in 1933 in April. Bill's brother-in-law, Leonard Strong, is married to Bill's sister, Dorothy Wilson, and uh, Bill's mother and uh, Dr. Strong will put Bill in the town's hospital in April of 1933. He will have one year of dry drunkenness, not sobriety, but dry drunk. He will stay sober by the skin of his teeth, and he will stay sober. But in 1934, he will begin drinking again. He has been drinking now for 17 years. He begins in 1917. This is April of 1934. He has been hospitalized. He has been informed by Dr. William Duncan Silkworth what the problem is. And we see in the paragraphs that have already been read this week that Silkworth will inform him that although he had been seriously ill bodily and mentally, he has a disease, and that in alcoholics, the will is amazingly weakened when it comes to combating liquor, though it remains strong in other areas. Bill Wilson is now going to go into the town's hospital for the second hospitalization of the three that are recounted in the big book of AA. There is no solution that Silkworth or anyone else can give him, but Silkworth is now going to come to a new conclusion. He has seen Bill hospitalized once, but as we see in these pages, the disease is permanent, the disease is progressive, and if unchecked by a spiritual awakening, it will be proof fatal. Bill is now in the hospital for the second time in worse shape than he's ever been. The progression of the disease has robbed him of his youth. The progression of the disease has robbed him of his dreams. And now it is
4: a situation
3: where Bill Lois Wilson is having a conversation with Dr. William Duncan Silkworth about putting him in an insane asylum where he will die of a wet brain perhaps within a year. At the time of this conversation, Bill Wilson is 38 years old. He is very, very smart. He will eventually change the world with God's help. He is 38 years old. He is strapped down in a hospital. They are considering putting him in an insane asylum or giving him over to the undertaker. Lois is given pamphlets on asylums where she can store Bill. And remember that this disease is permanent, progressive, and fatal. We're going to see miracles on page 8, at the bottom of page 8, that are going to change the world forever. But right now, there is no solution. There's no AA to send him to. There are no steps, and nobody knows of any solution at all. And Bill Wilson is 38 years old, and they are pronouncing him incurable. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan G, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning?
5: Barbara E.
0: Barbara? Um, Ann M. Jackie A. Jackie A. From I have Barbara, Ann, and Jackie.
6: Dara L. Dara L.
0: Susan S.H. Susan S.H. You all are being so kind this morning. Christina Chris L. W. Okay. Chris, okay, hang on. Christina L, and there was somebody before VASA. Chris W. Chris, Chris with W. A K. Okay, that's a great Chris with a K. Thank you. Okay, this is what I've got. Barbara E., Ann M., Jackie A., Dara L., Susan S.H., Christina L., Chris W., and VASA O. Barbara E., please share with us. Star 1, Barbara, we can't hear you.
7: Thank you for telling me that. I was talking away. It's Barbara, <laughs> sure. it's Barbara Ian, New Jersey. And I always wondered why they put the story of Bill in the front of the book. But I understand so completely now. I'm just like Bill. I had a forgetter, and it was there again. And I have to be honest with you on this first day in July, I forgot I was an addict. I was like that man of 35 who stayed sober for 25 years and said, now you're entitled. So little by little, I've started to go into what I like to call prelapse. And you won't find that in Wikipedia you might find prolapse which involves your organs but just like prolapse prelapse is when i forgot to do that i'm an addict and i've got to do every single every, every single one of the steps and the tools as many as i can every single day did i bother to connect to my higher power not always did I make a decision to turn my will and my life all to over to God and say the step three prayer and mean it? No. Did I write an inventory of my defect and share it with another? No. I thought my connection to God would be enough. Did I admit, did I admit to myself, to God, my defect and speak to another person? No. And was I even willing to give up the character defects uh, that defined me? Not so often anymore. So what happened was and is I started to slip down that slippery slope, just like the man who put whiskey in his milk. I said, I'm not overdoing on Splenda, but I was chewing Splenda packets, chewing them. Now, I don't eat candy, I don't eat cookies, I don't eat ice cream, I don't eat all that stuff. But chewing Splenda packets, that's another way of cheating the system. But who was I harming? I was cheating me. So no matter what I have to do, I have to remember that I am an addict and it's easy to go back and fall down the slope. And when I fall down, I don't have to get off at the bottom floor, or I can choose to. And if I get off at the bottom, the hole I'll dig will be so big, you'll never be able to throw a rope down to me. So I've spoken honestly to my sponsor, and she gave me some good, solid advice. So whether I choose to call this power God, good orderly orderly direction, or chirping bird or hummingbird who can fly backwards down this stil- that backwards just like me i have Hi. to admit i have to admit i'm an addict and i need to wash and rinse and repeat every single day and you're helping me the fellowship but i've got to do this with the help of the higher power out there that's for today, is chirping bird. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. And Ann M., you're up, followed by Jackie A.
8: Hi, Lisa. This is Ann M. here. Recover cover combustible breed here in Ireland. Can I hear it okay? Uh huh. Brilliant. Thanks yeah, go nice ahead. Lisa and thanks to your thanks to everybody on the line. And, and, uh, Yes, I see. Yeah, thanks, the chair. Just you know, exactly where. Yeah, so so powerful, and uh, this this whole part, you know, yeah, the whole paragraph for me is you just show me, you know, really show me the power of this disease and how devastating this disease is, and yeah, just like we shared, it's aggressive, it's fatal, it's permanent, and you know, I I I can I can just see, you know, the of the disease and you know just the extremes and just how we in a way become you know we we become robbed of everything it's we're enslaved to this disease and it's abusive and it's torturous and yeah how we become almost you know incomprehensible and incapable of looking after ourselves and certainly it looks to me in this you know bill he was almost like a puppet being, being dragged around the place uh, by his wife, Lois, who, you know, is very tolerant, considering, But, you know, it just really shows me the extreme progressiveness. It's like, you know, it's like the dial has been turned up, but it's, you know, the dial has been really forced to the max at this point for me, I see it. And, and yeah, it's just, you know, we've seen death and, you know, just seeing the the. the destruction not just within himself as a person but the destruction to all around him, his wife, you know, to every every facet of his life. And and that's the case for me. You know, when this disease is and I'm not living, you know, uh, in the solution, I am in I am in Bill's shoes. I might not show up the same as Bill did, but I'm certainly, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually just depleted, gone turning I you know, I might show up for things but I'm certainly not in good shape. And and you know, it just seems I just see how, you know, our dignity is robbed, our whole life is robbed, and we rob everybody else of, of, of you know the joy of and happiness that they deserve. And I just see, you know, and thank God, thank God for this programme and thank God, you know, for, for Bill and for Dr Bob to give us a solution to give me a way out of this disease because I can see, you know, the progression, and 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 you know the progression is very very progressive in this in this paragraph. And to me, it's a real real reminder of where I could go back to. Like like we shared earlier, the man of thirty. Yeah, I don't go back to, you know, a nice gentle level. I go back to a a very heightened progressive disease. Um and and thank God I don't I don't have to go there just for today, and I have a solution. And thanks again, Lisa, for your service.
0: Thank you, Ann M. and Jackie A., you're up, followed by Dara L. Hi,
9: everybody.
10: Thank you so much. This is Jackie A. from Connecticut. So I'm going to go up to the two sentences right before where it says, I went to town regularly and made a little money. And surely that was the answer, self-knowledge. So the weekend before I came into program, I was working at an addiction center and i was getting um shortly before that continuing education in addiction and in 12 steps and then in, in like dbt skills and then um i was working per diem and it says so i could relate to this but surely it was not the frightful day came when i drank once more the weekend before i came with uh, to program was labor day 2001 and i had done white knuckling at the company picnic with my then partner and that night I remember binging on my on a whole bag of uh, granola and yogurt because my partner wouldn't eat his and I had just white knuckled through a company picnic and um and that was at midnight and then the next day I was entirely morally bankrupt I remember paddle boarding crying with my friend and saying like She's like, are you going to live like this the next 20 years or are you going to do something? And that evening I called my partner and I was like, we need to talk when we get home. And um, and that's where I got 12 Steps into program. Uh, when it says bodily health fell off, I was, as I've shared with many on the line, like I was rectally bleeding. I was binging. Um, twice in my life before then I had uh, walked out of like AMA, out of places. So I remember getting my toenails ripped off by a doctor because I demanded that they fix me and I could go off to boot camp in seven days. Yeah, that wasn't happening to a Yale surgeon. They set my ass straight real fast. And um, same thing when when I fell down a ski, I fell down a ski hill and I went to the paramedic uh, tent. I got carted down the mountain, carted down the mountain because I couldn't walk and then left and walked to my car on a, on a completely torn knee and fell behind my car and then proceeded to drive home two days later on a torn knee, but with a brace that day, like I'm that person and I'm that medical professional. So like, I understand this fakeness um, before I came into program. I'm so grateful to where I am right now, my weary and then despairing wife. Like I was almost married and I realized that it wasn't that I was in an, a horrible at that time dynamic with my partner is that I was going to marry him knowing that one of us was going to die. That's honest to God what got me into program was I couldn't live with that. I couldn't morally wrestle with that anymore. Um, So I would say that I was sick, mentally sick. Um, I have a psych diagnosis. Like I could have been one step away from getting like a couple years from now committed. I'm in my mid-30s. So I understand that this is, thank you, a progression, and I really appreciate this paragraph. Thank you so much, everybody.
0: Thank you, Jackie A. And Dara L., you're up, followed by Susan S.H.
6: Oh, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia, and I had a couple of beautiful, vivid, and painful memories as this being read. I'm um, thinking about how it applies to my own life, and I thought about um I was in a relationship with um this woman for five years and at one point I um uh, my colon shut down I got super sick as a result of the disease and I remember being in the hospital and I remember this poor woman and my mother both of whom were like very stoic people being by my bedside just like crying you know just crying and um And they couldn't save me, you know, and they loved me and they wanted to save me. And I remember um, being in a relationship years earlier with this man who 12-stepped me into this program. We were together on and off for, you know, 10 years and he said, you are, he was, a drug addict and an alcoholic and he got into recovery and he said, you know, you are with food the way I am with drugs and alcohol. And it's like, you're going to kill yourself. And if you don't get help, I can't be with you. Um, and so I came into this program out of spite, you know, cause I was like, F you, nobody leaves me, you know, I'm going to show you. And, um, and the truth is like what I've seen over the years is just the depth of the sickness, like just the depth of the sickness in myself that, um, I can love people with all of my heart, you know, all of what's available to me and they can love me with all of theirs and I can still self-destruct and I can still hurt them. Um, and 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 I know how painful it is to kind of watch people commit suicide in increments because I have known people who have died from this disease and um, and I've sponsored people who have gone back into the disease and gone into relapse and it's it, it's horrible like love doesn't save us human love right you know and I really. The good news is is that through a personal relationship with a power greater than myself, like the deep reality that exists within today, I don't live that way anymore um, and I don't want to. And I I believe that that's possible for every single one of us, right, is to like find that power um, and to connect with it and to have that power flow through us. But in the meantime, it is, it's devastation. It's laying in the bed, you know, in the hospital, wanting with every fiber of my being to stop and then leaving the hospital and two weeks later being back into that pattern. Or I mean, listen, like two hours later, it could be, I remember one time I stole food on the way out the door of a treatment center and I was binging and purging on the way home. So you know, this disease is scary, but it is a disease. Like, it is a disease. It's not a moral failing. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person because I have this. It just means I'm a sick person, and I'm going to continue to live with that sickness within me for the rest of my life. But today, the symptoms of that sickness don't have to come out, and I don't have to hurt the people who love me. Like, I can be a safe person to love, and that's a miracle, and I'll pass. And thank you so much for your service.
0: Thank you, Dara L. And Susan S.H.? You're up, followed by Christine L. Good
11: morning. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered, grateful, compulsive overeater. Um long decline. Mine was pretty darn long, too. Perhaps not as dramatic to the outside, but on the inside, yeah. Yeah, I was devastated again and again. I had visited an O.A. meeting once early in my 20s. That was in the early 80s. And after three years and losing 100 pounds in a Panway, way, weigh, my weight was going up again. I was eating again. With all the knowledge I got in the Panway, way, I was still, I could not stop myself from eating again. My knee was getting worse. I finally had to get a replacement for the extra 100 pounds and more that had been on me most of my adult life. And in desperation, I finally, I didn't know much about OA, except that I thought that was not for me, the one visit I'd had. (laughs) I went to a meeting. I walked twice around the building thinking, I don't think I want to go in there. I'm not even sure where to go in there. And having a kind man that when I finally did come in, say, I saw you walking around the building. You're welcome here. And I did feel welcome. And I still had to go lower. But the fact is, my worst days now are so much better than the best days I had when i didn't have the relationship with a higher power that the 12 steps and the fellowship that loves me and that i love it's a better world now and i am just so grateful i had to i had to be where i had to be to give up the control that i always thought was mine it's not but I know where to turn when life feels out of control, and that's not to myself. So I'm very grateful that we study this. I'm very grateful for every voice I hear and the timeline. I can compare it to mine, and I can identify in this Bill. And I'm grateful. I passed.
0: Thank you, Susan S.H. And Christina L., you're up, followed by Chris W.
9: Good morning, thanks for your service, Lisa, and everybody else in service and for the shares. Um, I just love this meeting. Um, I can't really um, relate to this, I can really relate to this paragraph, although it's not as um, dramatic as Bill's um experience, but just looking at my own experience with um you know where i've where I've been at and you know coming into the program and getting abstinent and you know leaving the way um, and feeling like I had arrived um you know but I still wasn't doing the work I still didn't have the solution I still didn't have that spiritual awakening although I did have spiritual awakenings there was very 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 slow but I still didn't get it and um just brings me back to a time when um you know first when I when I came into program I was 37 years old I think and um you know, I had it all figured out. I'm like, I'm going to work the steps. I'm going to get the steps done before I turn 40. And then we're going to have another baby, whatever, and stuff like that. And <laughs> God really has a sense of humor. Um, you tell him your plans. And then he'll like, yeah, you think so, huh? But, um, and I mean that in the most loving way and stuff. My, my higher power is not like out to get me or anything like that. But, um, you know, when I turned 40, you know, health, my health declined, you know. I had just had a perfectly good report from my doctor. I lost, I think probably by then, lost all my weight and was at a, um, my goal or whatever it was. And uh, But then a month later, you know, I started having some health issues. And for the next year, I kept having these mysterious, strange symptoms, side effects, things going on and uh, you know what did I do I didn't work the steps around it but I worked a tools program and talk about white knuckling through that that time Um, you know I wasn't I wasn't ingesting any substances that were alcoholic for me but I was not working the steps and you know where it talks about you know, moral. Can't remember exactly, but it was in the beginning of that paragraph um, where it fell off like a ski jump and stuff. And you know that that was me. Like you know, my I was just I was um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of losing my thought here and stuff. But anyways. Um, Today, you know, thank God I don't have to, I don't I don't work my program that way. Yes, I use the tools as a way of working the steps, as I say in 10, 11, and 12. And with that,
0: I'll pass. Thanks for help. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Christina L. And Chris W., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Hi, this is Chris W., Chris with a K,
12: from Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And, I mean, the part I could relate to the paragraph was just how demoralized I was when I came into the meetings. And that was after having lost almost 120 pounds on other programs. and um, But still, I was just living in the addiction um I would starve for like thirty days. I didn't eat a single bite of food and and then when I broke the fast, I ate a whole large pizza within like six hours, getting up in the middle of the night, eating and eating and eating and um so just that restricting and and then binging so much is just I was still doing that even when I was um almost at a My goal weight. So I've just I've been really looking at my food behaviors. I've been abstinent almost six months now with like none of my trigger foods or anything. But I've also um, resisted so much about changing some of the food behaviors, like eating between meals and different things. And and yesterday I was working with a sponsee and, and just saying, like, you're not ever going to know the true freedom until you actually do it. And by the end of the day, I'd talked to another fellow in the meetings and all of a sudden she said, well, what are you resisting with this behavior stuff? And, and it just was like a light bulb going on. It's like having that spiritual awakening. And again, where I saw it with the my alcoholic foods that I had to put them down and and even but I couldn't really get there with the behavior and I just feel like God just broke through and answered my prayer yesterday cuz I just I'm not fighting it I'm going well I already started is writing my food down ahead of time giving it away and then not thinking about it Now I heard all these people saying that and I did it for a few weeks at the beginning, but then I decided I didn't want to be chained down to do that. And I felt the most peace yesterday of, and that key word was what are you resisting? And I said, I'm resisting writing down my food. And I, you know, I don't want to be chained down to it, but my eyes were opened, and I see everything in a totally different way. So thank you so much for letting me share.
13: Thank you, Chris W.
0: And Vasa O., please share with
13: us. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for your service. Lisa H. for your service, and I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive, from calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, I love Bill's story, although I remember, well, telling my sponsor when she gave me the big book. I don't know why you give me this big book. I'm not a, I'm not an alcoholic, so she said, "Well, scratch alcohol and put food on the top." And uh yeah, I had the gift of desperation. I was just so willing and ready to do whatever, you know. A higher power, Jesus Christ, whoever you want to call him. I was ready and willing to surrender, you know, to the program, and I just didn't want to die. The first meeting I went to, I had been struggling with the food addiction for 25 years of my life. like, And I've done all the stories everybody did, you know, all those behaviors. I'm not going to bore you with it because I've done it and none of it worked. Maybe for a little while, but I could never keep it down. You know, I always picked it up. And I kept on losing and gaining. The same pounds could be 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 pounds, you know, over and over Um, many, many hundred pounds, hundreds and hundreds of pounds over those years, even probably thousands of pounds. But anyways, the first uh, speaker that I heard on my first meeting was she shared her experience, strength, and hope. And I think, like, I couldn't relate to Bill yet. I hadn't gone all the way down yet, you know. But she shared her experience, the experience my mother went through. And uh, it was very painful, To see my mom struggle with the food addiction, which I didn't even know was called food addiction or allergy, and very painful. And I was in the same shoes. And you know, I could tell the alcohol. Well, stop. What's wrong with you? You know, you know what? You know, judge, judge the alcoholics, the drug addicts. You know, why can't you just stop? Well, when I came in the program. I was doing the same thing with the food, you know I could not stop, and I said, "Wow, I am one of you. I am one of these alcoholics or drug addicts you know who are struggling with struggling with the, with the addictions and uh, it killed it killed my mother, she died, and I've seen so many other people um, dying in this program. I went to my face-to-face meeting last night since we came back from Florida. Well, I've been there like three or four times. And this person, she said, this is my last stop. And she reminded me 35 years ago when I walked through that door and I said, this is my last stop. If this doesn't work, I am dead. So I threw myself. I worked the program like like the hay on the fire. You know, I just threw myself. I didn't want to die. So, so, so grateful. What a gift. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O. And we are in Bill's story this morning on page 7, the third paragraph that begins, but it was not an ending to the undertaker or the asylum. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Jim oh,
14: Toledo, Ohio.
0: Debbie um, V. Loretta H. Hang on. Rossa. I heard Russ M. I heard Russ M., and I heard another male voice.
14: Jim S. from Toledo, Ohio. Thank
0: you, Jim S. And I heard Loretta. Debbie V, Debbie. Carmella G. Carmella. Martha O. Martha O. Carmella G. Okay, let's go with this group. Um, You may have to remind me. um, Let's see, Russ M. Jim F., Loretta H., I think, Debbie V., Carmella G., and Martha O. Russ M., please share with us.
4: Good morning. Thank you for your service. Russ M. Recovered Compulsive Boat Reader in Norristown, Pennsylvania. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little crazy, which everybody knows that. But this got me a little upset. This gets me emotional. Because when I, when I read that, I identify real deeply uh, so much with Bill. And it just says that, you know, you're a junkie, man. You're, you'll go back if you don't live this, this way of life. You know, I have a lot of health issues because of this o- over the years. You know, we couldn't figure out why it happened. You know? <laughs> You've been abusing your body since you're five years old, six years old. That's why it happened. You know, this this trauma over... Thirty-five, forty years, you're going to have health issues, and my, you know, I'm not going to have the greatest morals because I can't freaking think, think straight when it comes to food. I can't live a normal life. I'm not affected. So, on the other uh, side of the coin, people say, "Man, you're intense when it comes to working the steps, and like, you know, you got, you got, you do it a certain way because I'm dead if I don't." I'm dead if I don't. You know, I love my sponsees. I love my fellows. But I ain't really trying to have friends. I do this because I don't want to die. Yeah, then we become friends, and there's there's a love, and yeah, you know, you understand what I'm saying. This will kill you. It's going to kill me. I pray to God I don't I don't die in a in a in a crack house or you know in one of my binge places. I have to stay tight to this. I've tried it all. I've done everything, just like everybody else. I've done it all. And it's the only thing is work because God has delivered me from this. It's baited it while I'm working the steps. If I veer, I get cute, I don't you know, I uh don't work my ten, eleven and twelve, I don't dig in, do the hard stuff. There's stuff that I hate doing sometimes. I'm dead. And People say you're overly dramatic. I'm really not, because it's either a long, miserable, painful death, or I'm going to drop dead from a heart attack or some sudden illness. This thing will get us all. And this is what, you know, Bill, he tries so hard in this book to to get that across to all of us, any addict, not just overeaters. It's like, this shit ain't no joke. It's no joke. Excuse my language. That's third doubt about, you know, I... I got issues. What do you want from me? There's the only thing that, that can. Love you. You have a beautiful day.
0: Thank you, Russ M. And Jim S., you're up, followed by Loretta H.
14: Yeah, my name's Jim. I'm from Tulio, Ohio. Um, I think I found the answer now. The, the just shall live by faith. I, um one time, was reading a scripture and it said that you killed the just and they don't refuse you. And I was talking about my wife. God told me you're killing her, Jim. And uh, I went to church Sunday and I prayed a prayer, make me like my wife. And last night when I was in a meeting, I read that verse from Romans, the just shall live by faith. And I believe The Lord said, you are now just because you're like your wife. And I ate compulsively yesterday, but last night when I went there, it was like I was given a clean slate, and um, I don't have to eat compulsively anymore. And I know that sounds high in the sky because it's my first day of real abstinence, but I believe that'll keep me from eating compulsively and that that's a miracle to me and um, I'm just glad to be part of the 12-step recovery and I know what it's like to be desperate because I've had another addiction that kept me bound for 28 years and I'm not acting out now so it's all about faith. Having faith in God, that God can do it. I can't do it. It's out of
0: Thank you, Jim S. and Loretta H. You're up, followed by Debbie V.
15: Good morning, Lisa. This is Loretta H. Thank you for your service, everybody on the line who's saving my life today along with my precious God. I am recovered for today. The lead and the shares remind me of my favorite sentence in the big book, cling to the thought Yeah, in God's hands, my darkest past is the greatest asset I own. And I can identify in very much, especially with um, the lead's archival knowledge I was dry for a year in OA in the 80s, and I actually got very, 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 very sick. And because I have a spiritual malady, I don't have a food problem. And my company actually did an intervention for me. And I, they put me in therapy, and they sent me to an eating disorder specialist, blah, blah, blah. Well, I continued that. Scheme for another 20 years until 2001 when, when i came in desperate and died, and as bill i didn't know how to get my mattress downstairs but if i could have i would have and my husband was trying to find me a psychiatrist because i was off the rails and i actually the fresh-skinned Abby came into my life in central park And um, that first day, I don't know why, I call it a spiritual experience, I was able to give her my food. And my food plan is a tool. My abstinence is spiritual. It is, and I know that's controversial, but it's practicing the principles in all my affairs. And just recently, I know how important my spiritual part of my life is because I've been through a period where I couldn't eat. Not I wasn't trying not to eat, but I couldn't eat. And I was doing 10-11s on it every single day so that I could keep spiritually fit. And the word die is in the word diet. I am not on a diet anymore. I do follow my food plan. I still check my food and after 20... not because I am I'm responsible and accountable and honest that's the only thing I can be because when I came into program when I met my Abby it was the first honest day of work I did and that was step one I am powerless my life the, the dash in the life is hopeless and my life is, it's my life that's
0: unmanageable.
15: I'm not fine. in here for a diet. Thank you. And with that, I pass,
0: God bless everybody. Thank you, Loretta H. And Debbie V., you're up, followed by Carmela G.
16: Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone's service. Debbie V. in Virginia, recovering, recovered. Uh, in this day, by grace, what a scenario a thirty eight year old um, sicker than sick reflecting through the eyes of someone who would start a family group where where love love could not could could not do anything, and watching that uh, an asylum where there's shock treatments and um lobotomies, part of the brain taken out, uh, straitjackets, darkness, Um, what what a picture. And I remember my darkest days and I write my darkest days down because I can forget them. And I thank my sponsees who remind me of those dark days where I can feel it in my body. I can feel those dark days. And I'm so grateful, I say I'm grateful today I'm a a grateful compulsive eater. And I say uh, gratitude because that was the process for me. And I just so appreciate the picture that was painted and then the miracles that will come in. And the miracles for me was actually a setup. Um, Higher Power did for me what I couldn't do for myself. I started, what I was doing was reflected through the eyes of others. And I loved them very much. And something was starting to soften within because I was in isolation and denial in my, my early times. As, as young as four years old, I remember compulsive eating, hiding in closets and, and stealing food um, and just saying, how can I do this? And so how grateful to, to see through the eyes of others. I didn't feel it at the time, but that's what set me up. And the service, my first sponsor cornered me at a spiritual retreat and asked me, are you willing to live a different way? And so the journey and the miracles and the setup continued. And my journey has taken me 55 years. And uh, I'm here one day at a time and I'm so grateful. I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks so much.
5: Thank you, Debbie V.
0: and Carmella G. You're up, followed by Martha O.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you, moderator, and thank you, everyone, for being on the line this morning. My name is Carmella G., and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater, recovered today through the grace of God, uh, one day at a time. The line, but it was not for the frightful day, came when, I drank once more. The first share and reading and explanation hit me, and I've been working this program for many years, and I've been reading this chapter very often. But today it hit me because within this past two weeks, I have been inundated with calls from people who have relapsed and I share with them that the abstinence is absolutely necessary, but the reality is it's my mind. It's my insane thinking that's the most difficult to give up. I want that power and control I want to be my higher power and this is what's happening Bill was able to stay alcohol free for a long period of time so the allergy was quiet but the obsession the drive the drive for success the ego was holding him and he fell again the same as many of us humans it is that drive we want that control we want that ego boost and that for me is the most difficult to surrender but the gift that I get daily because of these steps and working these steps is that I am able every day and it must be done daily to connect to a power greater than I that I call God and surrender surrender everything and trust and that is the gift and thank God Bill eventually got it and we are all benefiting by his work over 80 years ago. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela
0: G. And Martha O, oh, you have one minute, unless you want to wait for the second hour.
15: Hi, this is Martha O, oh, and I'm a grateful to recovering. Can you hear me OK? Yes. Okay, sorry. I'll do. I will do one very fast minute. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, Martha O. in Vancouver, BC, right now, and in New Haven, Connecticut, and um, just wanted to thank everybody for their service and Harlan. I love the way Harlan really brings the drama. And for me, um, what I'm coming back from a relapse now, and I just thought this for me. There's no two passages that really highlight like the the, the joy and relief quickly descends into shock and horror and disbelief um, between what we read yesterday and today. Um, You know, that description we had was from yesterday was exactly how I felt emerging from my pandemic um, hibernation and nightmare of relapse coming back into the light and then to Uh have relapsed again. Okay. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Sorry Martha. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you to everyone. Um, thanks to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Nancy R., will you please read our book is meant, a uh, vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
17: Yes, good morning. Nancy R. from Illinois, we covered today. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults and to your fellows. Clear away the rest of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.